Welcome to the Church Today podcast. The message you are about to hear was previously recorded and placed here just for you. Now let's listen in as service is already underway. Praise the Lord, everybody. Pastor said it's time. Okay. I'm honored to be here today and uh, to be able to share the word of the Lord. I do believe we have some handouts, so make sure you get a handout. Uh, tonight. It's my honor again to be with you and to be with your pastor and his family, and it is all my privilege. Um, I consider it high honor to call him a friend, um, and uh, I know he is a, a man of great vision and love, and again, I, I'm always bettered when I'm around him, and uh, just thank the Lord for his friendship in my life. You love Jesus tonight? Amen. It's good to see also uh, some friendly faces. I asked them to move forward and they said, hey, you know, I need some help. Autumn, it's good to see you today. And Amber, your sister, it's wonderful. I'm serious. Can you move up? Give me some moral support. You think I'm playing. You're coming. Thank you. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, the Lord has been so good to me, and uh, I don't know, I, I want I want to know Him more. I don't want to want the stuff that God gives me more than the God that gives me the stuff. I really want the Lord in my life. I want to know him. I want him to be my joy. The Lord told Abraham, Genesis, I believe it was chapter 15, he said, I am the exceeding great reward. Abraham apparently thought God was the goal, not a son. And a relationship with the Almighty, what can possibly eclipse or overshadow that? It's amazing to think that God wants a relationship with you. Blows my mind. How? Why? Why me? And yet I believe the greatest hindrance is not him but me. The greatest challenge that I face in developing this connection with God is me. And I'm praying that God would help me with me. <laughs> Amen. You can remain seated. Psalm 24 is where I'd like to take a scripture with you. I want to read the whole chapter. I would like for you to read uh, verse 2, 4, 6, 8, and 10. I will read the odd verses. I'll help you get started on the even verses, but I'll read the odd, you read the even. The word of the Lord says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. 
Verse 2, read with me. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? Verse 4, read with me. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. Verse 5, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord, and righteousness shall, or righteousness from God of his salvation. Verse 6, this is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Verse 7, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Verse 8, who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Verse 9, lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Verse 10, Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Selah. wasn't too long ago in my devotions with the Lord that the Lord showed me spoke to me about people with their head down. People that in our culture, it is not surprising to be in a room full of people and every one of us huh? wasn't talking to me. People walking around with their head down. Walking around. With walking around with your head down. Just in their own world. Next slide. Just pictures of people with their head down. Everywhere I go, this is what I see. And again, it is generally centered around this little piece of technology that we hold in our hand. It, it really is generally a, because we are... Some people think we're more intelligent when we do this. But I'm not so sure that God's vantage point is the same. We, we say it's staying connected, and I believe sometimes God is saying we're distracted. At best. We say we're engaging and God says you're disengaging. So this is what the Lord did. Now, this head down, I, I want to talk to you tonight, not just about technology and not about technology, but 
in a spiritual position when our head is down. We are incapable of having fellowship with God. Psalm 24, he said, lift up your head. If you can lift up your heads, then the king of glory shall come in. But if we live our lives, even Christians with our head down, we're not in a position to receive the king of glory. Psalm 123 says, I want you to know I haven't preached this anywhere else. When I knew I was coming, the Lord gave me this title almost immediately. It was for me. I pray it blesses you. Psalm 123, unto thee lift I up mine eyes. O thou that dwellest in heaven, in heavens, verse 2, behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes... Wait upon thee, Lord our God, until that he have mercy upon us. If heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool, our eyes cannot be on him if our head is down. And this is what the Lord says. That we need to be living head up in a head down generation. Somehow in your life and in my life, we have got to change our posture. To be expecting an answer from heaven. At any given moment, on any given day or night, our position needs to be looking toward heaven. Let me just say that faith is a head up posture. When you say, I believe, in God. That's not this kind of a posture. I see nothing of that here. I don't even see the statement. I believe in God. As me looking at you. But when I say in my spirit. And the everything in my spirit. Says I believe in God. There is only one posture. And that is this. I don't know if you feel. What I feel today. But I need the Lord now. More than I've ever needed him before. I need him in my family. I need him in my finances. I need him in my city. I need him in leadership. 
I need Him to walk where He wants me to walk in pastoring. I can't do it. Don't want to do it. Won't do it without Him. I can do nothing without Him. And I'm glad that I feel that way. Because it's until we get to this point that without Him we can do nothing. We will continue to look down or to look around instead of look up. The best position that we can be in is in a head up position. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Just a couple of psalms over in Psalm 121 verse 1. The psalm, read it with me. Psalm 121 verse 1. Declaration from the psalmist. Let's read. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Verse 2. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. We could go on and read this. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not Slumber. Why do you desire to have a head up posture in a head down world? Because this world can't see where it's headed with its head down. But I want to know that the Lord is in my corner and on my side. I need Him. Turn to somebody and say, I need Him. I need my head to be up. I need to be looking unto the hills. From whence cometh my help. My help doesn't come from my employer. Doesn't come from, from, from you know, the east or the west. Promotion doesn't come because of my boss. I believe that promotion comes from the Lord. Victory comes from the Lord. Did not the psalmist say that the horse is prepared for the day of battle? But victory is of the Lord. You count all the horses you want all day long. But my God doesn't count horses or chariots. Or He doesn't, he doesn't measure the size of your bicep when, he, when considering to win a war. He loves His people to be utterly dependent Upon him. Somebody say surrender. This is the greatest position. That I can be in. Is the position. Of total. Surrender. And this is my greatest. Struggle. But faith is a head up. Posture. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 gives us the parameters and the boundaries for kingdom movement. In this world, you walk by sight. You can go a lot of places by sight and feel and emotion. But in the kingdom of God, you cannot go anywhere on sight. You can't go anywhere by emotion. But without Faith, it is 
impossible to please him. That's why the, Paul wrote in Corinthians, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Anything less than a head up posture is not pleasing to God and will end in spiritual frustration and helplessness. When we lean on flesh, we will get flesh results. When we lean on the Spirit, we get spirit results. I can't save one person in my city. You can't save one person in this city. But there is a God. And he's looking for. Can I get a witness? There is a God who is looking for some people in Tulsa. Specifically the church today. And saying I don't need anybody's strength. I don't need anybody's wisdom. What I do need is somebody's faith. Faith is a head up. Look at the ceiling. Head up position in the kingdom. I don't look in my hands to see what I got because what I got is irrelevant to his power. He knows what I got. But I want him to know it don't matter what I got. If you're not in it, it ain't going to work. If my heart isn't surrendered to you, I'm out of line and my head is down. So my daily battle, I wake up in the morning and it seems like I default to head down position. So every morning when I get up, my job is to crucify self so that head can come up. And expectation can fill my heart. Genesis 22, 13. Abram lifted up his eyes. I say lifted up his eyes. He had been obedient to the Lord. Raising that knife over his son on that altar. The Lord stopped him from crucifying or killing and slaying his son. The next phase was to lift up his eyes so that God could be the provider that he wanted him to be. Obedience to a certain point takes a focus. But even at the end of our greatest obedience, there needs to be a head up position because God wants to be the provider in your life. Genesis 24, 64. Rebecca is on a camel. She's been drugged across the desert. Tired and weary. She's not exactly sure what Isaac looks like. The Bible says that when she neared, the Bible says that Rebecca lifted up her eyes. And when she saw Isaac, She got off of her camel and she ran to him. I don't know if you've ever thought of this or not, but Rebecca is is like 
the church and Isaac is like Christ and there's a marriage that is going to happen and if the church doesn't lift her head up and see her bride she's going to keep on doing what she's been doing in her weariness but if Rebecca could ever lift her eyes she'll be filled with new strength and new passion because she sees him in the distance if the church doesn't get a new glimpse of Christ in 2018 We're going to continue doing what we've always done. We're living. God's challenging us to live head up in a head down generation. In your notes I put, when we lift our head up, there will be direction from the Lord. Sometimes the Lord doesn't speak He points. And if you're going to see his direction, you're going to have to look at him. Because he may not be speaking. He may be pointing. Keeping our eyes upon the Lord is critical in 2018. Like like the slave watches The master, every move he makes, because the slave doesn't know. At any moment, the master may turn to me and just nod his head. I got to catch it from my Lord. The maiden that's betrothed to her husband watches her husband and hopes to get a glance her way, never losing sight of her groom-to-be. Genesis 13, 14, the Lord said unto Abram, After that lot was separated from him. This is what the Lord said. Lift up now thine eyes. And look from the place where thou art. Abram had to separate himself from some things. And God had to help him. But that separation alone was not the end of the will of God. That separation was there to allow Abram to lift his head and to see the promises of God and what he had for him. It is imperative today that we lift up our head. Three reasons for head up living. Three reasons to walk and live by faith. Number one, life is short. Say life is short. I love the monkey. He's got his head up. When I saw that picture, I trying to get my head up like him. Life is short. Psalm thirty nine. Verse 4, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Some people say, Lord, make me to know my end so that I can be the best I can be. No, the psalmist said, help me to know mine end. So I can realize just 
how frail I am. What time I have here is so limited. Verse 5, watch this. Behold, thou, God, hast made my days as a hand breath. Look at your hand from the tip of your thumb to the tip of your pinky. Put your hand up there, bro. Uh My life's longer than your life. God didn't say that so we could get into a measuring contest with who's got the longest life. His point is you can see the end and the beginning at the same time. And yet we as very finite people live as though we cannot see the end. Therefore we waste our days in head down living. But we are called in the New Testament to redeem the time for the days are evil. What time? The time that is wasted in head down living. Mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily every man at his best state. Think of a time where you're at the top of your game. And you're functioning on all cylinders. And you got the world by its tail. And you're wrapping it around and you're going to lasso that thing. And the world is yours at best. In that moment, you're altogether vanity. Mm. You know what I've learned about me, probably many others too, is that if I'm not careful, I'll always be desiring a different season than the one I'm in. I love your seasons. Some of you guys have them shirts. I saw it up there. Four seasons, right? When you're in fall, guess what you're, guess what you're anticipating? Man, I can't wait to go snow sledding. I've been telling people I want four feet of snow this year. I do. I'm tired of it being cold with no snow. That's just dumb. Can I say that? Can I say dumb? Oh. I, I want to go snow sledding, skiing with my son. And then for, we didn't, it was cold last year, but not enough snow to go sledding. That's ridiculous. I'm in Nebraska. I don't want Florida. When it, when it gets cold in the winter, guess what we start looking for? Dear God, come on, spring. I can't wait until I don't have to sit by the fire just to stay cold. That's Nebraska living for you. Man. And then, then we're like, oh, man, I need some heat. Come on. And then the summer gets here. What are you guys screaming today? Oh, God. Ah. Aren't you the God of heaven? Thanks, Adam. What, 
We're like that. We're wired like that. But the problem with that is, you know, I've even talked to married people, you know, or, or, or young people. You've heard this. I, I talked to, and I always sense that they're always wishing for a different time in their life. When they're single, they can't wait to be teenagers. Can't wait to drive. When they start driving, can't wait to graduate, get out of the house. Then they then then you know they get out of the house. They can't, their life is incomplete because they're not married. He said he loved me, but I don't know. He hasn't called me in three minutes. Anybody got girls? And when they get married, oh, heaven. I don't know why I married that woman. I know you would never say that out loud. I tell people, you know, I'm going to be married for 25 years this coming year. Feels like five minutes underwater. That's horrible. So life and married life is going to be better when we got children. That'll fix it, right? Oh, yeah, that'll fix it right up. Like throwing a crescent wrench into a fan. That's really good. You got problems in your marriage before kids. Look out! Just four! It's coming back at you, man. Children don't fix problems. They amplify problems in relationships. Hello? You need to write that down. That ain't even in your notes. When we, when we have children, we can't wait till they get out of the toddler stage. Because then we can really enjoy them. Right? And when they, when they get out of toddler stage, they're into everything and eat all the cereal before I even get a bowl. I wish they'd pick up after themselves. My house is all, I can't wait. the day I see their tail light going down the driveway I'll have a clean house I know I'm just ministering to you just let it all out right just let it all out right yeah I know I'm right I've been married 25 years a couple notches in this here feather then when your kids move out, you can't wait for grandchildren. I'm not sure about that. Let me put it this way. When you first come into the church, you're excited, but then you want a position in the church. You're not going to be happy until you're doing something other than what you're doing. I'm not used in what I think I should be used in. So you got your head down. Got your head down. 
This is what God is seeing from heaven's perspective. Everybody's just looking at themselves and wishing their ship would come in. And God said, I wish some of you would lift your head because your ship has docked and this is all you're getting. Somebody say, my ship has come in. It's been in. Newsflash. How old are you going to be when that thing comes dock pulling up to the dock? You know, your ship was come in when you were 15. We just had our head down. God don't care what age you are to use you. God doesn't need you to stand in a position to use you. Life is too short and yet we are, you know, how many of you are waiting for the big financial, what do you call it? Breakthrough? Overflow. Turn to somebody and say, you are already wealthy. Financially. Don't go spiritual on me. I haven't been very spiritual yet. Don't be going spiritual on me. You are wealthy. Financially. Say, I am rich. Do you believe it? I don't know that you do. Because American living has ruined us so that we're chasing the almighty dollar and we got our head down because of some mystical lifestyle that we think we got to have to be happy. We got more stuff than we know what to do with. My wife texts me today, cleaned out your closet. I'm like, well, that's nice when I'm gone. Showed me a picture. Hope that's okay. Seven hours away. It's fine, babe. Been married 25 years. It's great. We got, we got stuff upon stuff upon stuff. When are you going to stop asking God for more and stop li- start living where you are and say, all that I have is thine. All that I am is thine. I'm lifting my head up. You know, if we'd work half as hard at improving our spiritual position as we do our financial position, we'd have revival. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. You want what you don't have. That's American. Discontentment is a thief of the gift of life. Did you hear me? But godliness with contentment is great gain. You're suffering from a bad infection of discontentment. And it causes us to get our head down. And lose the life that God has given us. You know what? Some of you some of you are got your head down so far. You can't even tell your wife or your husband you love them. You can't even look at your kids because you got your head so far down. And you're going to wake up one day and it's going to be gone. And you're going to wish, you're going to say, I wish I would have. I, I, I wish I would, but you got now. You know, if you were to die tomorrow, you probably wouldn't say, I wish I would have spent more time at work. <laughs> well, 
What would you have said if you died tomorrow? What would you have said? What regret would be in your heart? What would it be? Wish I would have hugged my kids again. Wish I would have sought God. I wish I would have knocked on that neighbor's door and said, Hey, do you know who Jesus is? See, life, when we can, when we can understand how frail we really are, it really helps us prioritize what is really important. This new pair of shoes aren't that important. They're just distraction. We got to get shoes. Yeah, I need to get those. My wife is barking at me. That one's untied. But this one, now I'm not saying this is an excuse to be sloppy, okay? But my wife dresses me. She orders my glasses. She makes me look good. 25 years. But the shoelace that's been broken for a year on these things, you'd think every, I go to Walmart or Target a lot. You would think I'd stop by the shoelace aisle to get one. It's just not a priority, evidently. And it drives my wife nuts. <laughs> but, but some things drive God crazy because it's just not important to us. And God's standing in heaven saying, I, I thought you loved me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I thought the kingdom of God, you're going to seek it first. And then all these other things are going to be added unto you. So life, say life is short. Say life is short. Second, Jesus is coming. Why do we need to get our head up? Jesus Christ is coming back. Luke 21, 28. When these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads. For your redemption draweth. Now, if, if 2018 and we see what's going on in America doesn't get us to contemplate the coming of the Lord, I'm not sure we are ever going to see it because our head is so down. Jesus is coming. The coming of Jesus is a central teaching and focus of the New Testament church 2,000 plus years ago. It was an anticipation of the church. It wasn't just something that you took down once a year and blew the dust off and said, yeah, that might be true. Put it back on the shelf and you come back way 365 days again. It was an ever-present reality. Today, Jesus could come. Mm, think about it. Jesus could come today. First Thessalonians, I'll try to read through these real quick. I want to remind you, brush the dust off this holy and hallowed truth of the return of Christ. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. He's talking and praising the Thessalonians. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in 
we had unto you and how we turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Look at what they taught. And to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath that comes. You know, Paul only got to spend about three weeks with these new converts. Then he had to be whisked off the scene. He writes a letter to them. And, and in those three weeks, he planted in them a, an anchor that says, Wait for the return of Jesus. He's coming back. In fact, 1 Thessalonians and eschatology is incredible because he reminds over and over and over and over and over and over again that the Lord is in fact coming back. In 1 Thessalonians, it's in your notes, chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men even as we do toward you to the end. He, for this reason, he does all that. For this reason, that he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God, even Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all His saints. God is working in you because this isn't the end. This is just one step away from the coming of the Lord. And you need to be presented holy and blameless unto the Father of all things. Why lift up your head? Because Jesus is coming. Listen to this. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, this is still in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. 16, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The coming of the Lord is the church's greatest hope and only hope. Hope. I am not hoping that the economy changes. I am not banking that I am going to be in our church building in Bellevue, Nebraska for 10 more years. I have no clue what this world is going to do. I have not uh, married a facility. I haven't married an address. I am married to Christ. And I am waiting for my Lord and Savior to come back. And anybody that will listen to me, I'm going to tell them because they need to lift their head up too. First Timothy 4 8. Watch this. This is an incredible. I'm sorry, it's 2 Timothy 4 8. I put first. Change that on your note. 2 Timothy 4 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. If you never think about it, you don't love it. You love what you think about and you think about what you love. 
Do you talk about it with the family? Or is it a non-issue? It is the main event for the church. Lift your head up, church. Jesus is coming. We're called pilgrims and strangers for a reason. Because if you're not expecting to be here, it is very unlikely that you're going to set down roots here. But if you love this present world, then you're going to hang on to it with your head down and quite possibly miss the coming of the Lord. You say, really? Yes. Because there's a discrepancy between our actions and our words. And we think because we say it, it's in our heart. But that is the greatest deception of all time. Jesus said, these people praise me with their mouth, but their heart. Just because you say it and can quote it, doesn't mean it's in your heart. What are you thinking about? I'll tell you what you love. Lift your head up, church. We're pilgrims and strangers. Look at Titus 2.11. These are fantastic verses, aren't they? Thank you for your word, God. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Somebody say, thank God for grace. <laughs> it's appeared to all men. You know grace has a voice. You know grace is not saying, oh, it's okay the way you're living. It don't matter what you're doing. That's some limp-wristed, made-up theophany that is not God of the ages. But the grace of God that has appeared to us. Somebody say, He's teaching us. Verse 12. What? If, if grace has a voice, what is that voice saying? Denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly. Righteously and godly right now. Problem is we never take time to define soberly, righteously, and godly. Black ink on white pages that never make it into my lifestyle. Why, Holy Ghost, are you trying so hard to purify the church. I tell you why. That he may present it to himself. A glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle when he returns. Look at this. It says it. Verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Some of us want to go to heaven, but we ain't all that thrilled about seeing Jesus. I'm not sure we're going to go if Jesus isn't the center of our joy. We can sing it, but it's a whole nother ball game to surrender to him. And desire him. 
as our chiefest and greatest joy. I don't have time to pray, Pastor. I say you love the things of this world more than you love God. I don't have time for church, Pastor. I say you love the things of this world more than you love the things of God. I don't have money to give, Pastor. I'm saying it kindly. But you love the things of this world more than you value the things of the kingdom of God. So we got to be living head up and head down generation. When we live head up, it affects our priorities and our lifestyle. You can't live head up and keep living like a head down person. And finally, and, and this, is, this is huge for where TCT is at. John 4.35. John 4.35. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold. I say behold. I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields for they are white already you're not waiting on a season when it comes to reaching Tulsa it is white already to harvest but if TCT has her head down. She could be walking in the middle of a harvest field. Without sickle in hand. Because we're walking head down. Where's that last line? Why live head up? Because you cannot see the harvest. With your head down. Let me illustrate by my own life as I close. My son, my middle son, Isaac, 18. Wow. Energy is the best word I can use. My oldest daughter, 20 now, third year, IBC, proud of him. Isaac graduated last year, first year college, IBC, excited for them. He had a lawn business. About 18 lawns a week. He leaves and goes to college. Goes to serve God. I have zigged and zagged enough. And weeded it. Can do it with my eyes closed. Sweated gallons of sweat just in the month of August. 53 lawns in the month of August. You know what I'm saying about halfway through August as I'm doing this? Sasha, fresh, a record, record, Sasha, record, 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 Sasha, Sasha, record, 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 I don't, I didn't say really anything. But in my mind, I'm. I can feel my spirit. The Tasmanian devil. 
And I'm just getting madder and madder every time I pass. That saying, and I'm on a specific lawn. I'm watch 18 lawns. This is stupid. You never like that, right? And then God says to me, Look up. Standing in a man's lawn in my neighborhood. His name is Than. Asian guy. Comes walking up, say, hey, how are you doing? Hi, good to see you. And I felt the Holy Ghost step in and say, talk to him about me. I began to talk to him about Jesus a little bit. Just this last week, talking to him. Hey, how's your family? Man, God is doing so many good things in my life. Do you know what was keeping me from being a light? Not mowing a lawn. My head was down. And God says, Justin, I will use you anywhere life will take you as long as your head is up. But when your head is down, there is no faith. And you shut down the work of the kingdom. Your working hard does not interrupt my kingdom. But when your head is down, that stops my kingdom. Did, did you hear that? Stop saying that your work is keeping you from kingdom business. It is a platform for the kingdom to be made manifest. Lift your head up. Is he not the God of the ages that can put you at the right gas station, at the right pump? At the right moment to meet the right person. Mowing the right lawn. Bagging groceries. I don't care where it is or what you're doing. If you will have your head up and in a faith position. God will find you. You won't have to look for him. Because he wants to reach this world more than you want to reach it. He's just needing somebody. Lift the head up. Let's stand. I preached a long, taught a long time. I guess it hadn't been an hour yet. I didn't get up till late. That's my, that's my excuse. Busy is Satan's greatest tool to keep us head down. Oh, one more story. Can I tell you a story? Philippines. Missionary. 19. I just dated myself. Anything 19. Wow. Ninety-eight missionary Sullivan, Philippine Islands, going to take a small boat to a small, 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 small island to meet a pastor who he knew. He said, "Sure, I'll go." Get on a bonka boat. We travel three hours on a bonka boat. There's all kind of fun stories I could tell you. We get off the boat. We also take another boat, hire another guy, go down the side of this island for an hour again. We make our way back into a National Geographic-esque picture. Caribou in the field. There's not a house around. We meet the pastor's name. We meet the pastor. The pastor's name was Pastor Too Busy. And I said, come again? Pa uh, Missionary Sullivan said, his name's Pastor Too Busy. We call him that. He calls himself that. I'm like, well, how did he get that nickname? 
He said, because every time I talk to him, he's too busy. That's what he said. I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I say that to say, if I'm too busy to lift my head up, I'm too busy. I can be pastor too busy. You can be saint too busy. Because the kingdom of God needs to advance. I wonder right where you are if you'd lift your hands. And you would ask the Lord to help you to lift your head. To have the position and posture of faith in your heart and in your mind. God, I pray today that we would capitalize. Thank you for joining us here at the church today in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.churchtodaytulsa.com. And if you're ever in the Tulsa area, we would be honored to have you join us in person and see what God is doing through His church.